The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I am Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we discover and explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. My goodness, it charges me and excites me to say these words to you. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Just take a moment if you can and just inhale that you, whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken totality. Inhale that breath, hold it for just a second, and then a complete exhale through the mouth. Everyday peace. I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is, it is possible for you to have peace every day, for you to exist in this state of wholeness every day. That's so exciting. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And as our listeners know, our anthem in 2021 is, what are we waiting for? As everyday peacemakers, we know we have everything we need right here and right now to be our best selves. I announced this theme in the beginning of our first show of the 2021 year. And I'm so excited that I did because I had talked to lots of people from who were stuck in 2020 in a holding pattern, unable to move forward because they didn't know how the pandemic would impact their lives. On this show, on the Everyday Peace Show, we encourage the exploration of self and the journey back to everyday peace, regardless of what's going on in our external world. So yes, I concur. There are a lot of uncertainties out there in the external environment, but peace is an inside job. It's an inside state of being. We have access to it all of the time. So no, we're not waiting for anything. Absolutely nothing. We're everyday peacemakers. We're on the case where we're deciding for ourselves to exist in this state of wholeness. Now, speaking of what are you waiting for, I that you are not waiting to visit the drdravonjames.com website because it's all brand new. If you have not visited what are you waiting for? It's a new website. It includes things like prior shows, words of wisdom and encouragement, excerpts from my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, contact information, and it's going to be the place where you're going to go to get free material. So, you know, our we're working on our free stuff now, but we do have some free stuff that's still out there. If you haven't gotten access to it, just go on 
website and claim your free gifts. Or for those of you who are just resistant to that, and I would not know why you would resist that. It's a wonderful website. I'd love for you to visit it. But you can also still email me at DravonJames at gmail.com. And we'll get that free course out to you if you put free in the subject line there. So we have launched um, this this new website. We're so excited about the the um, new look and, and the ease and of this website. A huge thank you of you who have reached out to me already who viewed the website and I'm looking forward to hearing from more of you. Um, it's a great way for me to get feedback from you all and uh, about the new website. This is an important tool as I look to continually hone the content to meet your needs. So thank you for you guys who um, give me that kind of feedback. I'd love to get that from everybody. So if you haven't been to the website yet, go to Dr. Drayvon James. That's D-R- D-R-A-V for victory, O-N-James.com today and check out that new site. If you have been on the website before, I encourage you to bookmark the site and come back at least once a week to see any updates. That website address again is drdravonjames.com. And if you have missed any of this year's shows, they have been so impactful. I, or you simply want to go back and you want to re-listen to them, I, I totally get that. You can access our entire library of past shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or you can listen to them on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website. So that's where we've been. Where we're going right now is to our Everyday Peace Moment. I have had so many conversations about leadership. Leadership is like a buzzword. It's everywhere. So I wanted to take a few minutes just to talk about leadership and uh, my perspective on leadership as an everyday peacemaker and what I hope that you will adopt uh, in your journey as a leader. So when you think about leader, I don't know, sometimes the first thing that pops into our mind are these big leaders of these you know, big companies, Fortune 500 companies. But I want you to think of leadership. There's opportunity for leadership everywhere. In fact, I you are right now acting in some capacity as, as a leader, whether it's in your home or at your job, uh, in a nonprofit or organization or a church. Uh, you can a leader in a sports team or a book club, a leader by um, selection or a leader by circumstance. In each and every one of our lives, we are, we all go through that um, cycle of being a leadership. You know, so we we, we cycle into that role. Quite frequently, and there are times in our life when all we need to do is take a leadership position in order to move things forward. There are many kinds of leadership styles, but the one that I find most effective is the authentic leader. The authentic leader is the leader that is transparent when dealing with their team and others. The authentic leader knows themselves and their capabilities and their core values. And I'll tell you, as an everyday peacemaker, this is a great place to be because we examine all parts of our lives with complete acceptance. So we can bring our most pure and powerful selves to any situation to maximize not only our health, wealth and relationships, but we can also act as a powerful, authentic leader when we when we channel and um, these the tools that we get from being an everyday peacemaker, which are self-reflection and self-acceptance. Critical first steps, critical first steps, uh, both in our personal lives and in our professional lives as leaders. Because when we have that self-acceptance and self-reflection, 
and we're able to really see ourselves and accept ourselves and love ourselves right then and there, we can authentically lead and guide from that place, accepting others and being able to see their needs, whether they're acting as a customer or in our life or whatever role they're playing in our life, our team, our team members, we're able to really dig in and be able to act out and serve from an authentic place. So um, everyday peacemakers make great leaders when we follow the first critical thing, which is self-acceptance and self-awareness, key tools to being the most effective leader possible. And that is our everyday peace moment, leading us right to our First guest of the day, Dorothy Graham Odell is a renowned author. Her book is entitled The Overcomer, Facing Challenges with Faith and Courage. And it discusses the challenges of overcoming struggles with self-esteem and anxiety, depression and family trauma. Welcome to the show, Dorothy. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Dr. James. It's an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you for being here. Listen, I love the topic of your book. It just fills me with so much optimism to hear, you know, overcoming, which means, you know, uh, you've you've gone through something, but you're on the other side of it. So I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Because it it sounds like a triumph of mental health. Yes, <laughs> and it's still it's still going actually. So um, a little bit about about me. Uh, growing up, I was bullied all through public school for my weight. Um, you know, which led to low self esteem which led to, um, you know, abusive relationships. And all growing up, my my family has been, my parents have been chronically ill from anywhere from diabetes to heart and stroke to kidney failure to now we're working on two-time cancer survivor uh, with my dad. So it, it's been in and out of chaos. And um, 23 years ago, Christmas Day, my uncle took his life, um, and which forever changed our family. Um, so the, no, no, with that self-esteem, like without, I knew that, um, well, at that time I knew that, you know, I, I, I allowed myself to be in relationships that I should have never been in because, you know, I didn't have that esteem and I didn't think I could get better. And with everything, um, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other, um, with, with at home, I was like very lonely. So I was looking in all the wrong places for different relationships. Um, but with that, even professionally, I, I found at work, I was working for people that, uh, were very verbally abusive. And, you know, it's, it was like the arguments and the phone whizzing by my head. And it's just like, I, I couldn't believe the environment that I was in. So I made a decision that, okay, this was never going to happen again. <laughs> You know, I took I took some time out for myself. I got uh, some different therapies that I needed, surrounded myself with different people instead of the people that I was hanging out with and totally, you know, transformed that. Um, there were moments when I was going through all that, that especially in the abusive relationship, that I didn't even want to live. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I really didn't like who I saw. And I figured, you know, everybody else was treating me uh, poorly. So what is it about me that was no good? But I knew that it was them and not me. And I quickly, well, when I say quickly, the last 10 years after getting out of that relationship, I have definitely, um, you know, kept on walking through hell and came out on fire for sure, as um, Real Talk Kim says. Uh, but it's just, it's it seems like, 
I've always been a fighter, so I keep walking through that. And, you know, I always find a solution. You know, there may be days that I'm in the pit and there are days that I feel like giving up. But then I know that, you know, there, that's giving up is never an option. And so for me, it's the, it's the fighter in me that had kept on going through those moments. Yeah. I, you said a couple of things there that I just want to um, go back to. First of all, body shaming is a real thing. It is a real thing that causes so, oh my gosh, at yeah. the number of people that I talk to and coach who are, are bullied by that. So I, my hat goes off to you for doing the work to bring yourself forward and to realize that beauty comes in every shape and size and that's just that's just what it is and so um but it takes a lot of a lot of um self-love to get there and then there's this phrase that i hear so often and i want you just to talk a little bit about that you see you took some time um to yourself and that mm-hmm. just hearing that is like i feel like a cool summer breeze in my heart when you say that because <laughs> i think that we all need to find a way to take some time for ourselves but I know that for most people, it seems almost impossible with the, you know, the debt piling up on their heads, the family obligations and everything that's going on. How did you find time and what did you do that that said, hey, this is me taking time for myself? And then you mentioned before you get to that, you mentioned Real Talk Kim, and I don't want to miss that. I listen to her every day of my life. So I, if, 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 our, <laughs> yeah. if our listeners do not know who Real Talk Kim is, um, I just, beautiful. Yes, she can coach you through anything, can't she? <laughs> she is amazing. Actually, I never heard of her until I would say around February of this year. And my girlfriend said, hey, have you listened to this Real Talk Kim? I'm like, what are you talking about? So she said, right. Google her, find out. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that woman right. is amazing. And I'm a straight shooter. And so for me, how she talks is absolutely up my jam because, (laughs) you know, I I would rather you just be open and honest with me instead of sugarcoating stuff because that's not who I am. Um, Yeah. And we got introduced to her about the same time. So it was like February for me too, since the pandemic, I don't know how she showed up on my feed, but she did. And I just kept, kept listening to her. So yeah. So thank you for that. But yes, I want to just go back to that um, taking time for yourself. Big, 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 um, we need to discuss for our listeners yes well back then that was before i was married so because i had just gotten out of that relationship so i was no way shape or form ready to get into another one so i had um at that time i was surrounded by a bunch of new christian women that had brought me into their circle and i had done i was doing bible study at this one woman's house um i was in a financial services business back then so she's the one that kind of introduced me to to the lord and, and and things like that so i would go on retreats with some of my single friends to um it was about 3 hours away from where we lived and um you know just spent the day it was out in the middle of the the woods this camp but um i remember spending the whole day there just getting soaking in, um, you know, some different type therapy and just basically it's more like just talking to somebody where she like listens to you. Cause I find a lot of people don't listen to you. A lot of people just, uh, you know, want to talk for the sake of, um, saying something instead of just sitting there and listening and a real coach just sits there and listens and then gives the feedback that they hear back. Well, that's what this woman was doing. And she brought stuff up from like my childhood that I didn't even realized was bothering me so um 
I, I come to find out, too, that that's part of uh, a theophostic prayer ministry that I had been a part of. I took a course in that, and it gets right down to the root of our triggers. Basically, any trigger we have is lie-based. So what is the lie that we are believing in that moment, and where do we first find it? So, or, or when did we first experience it? And nine times out of ten, it takes you right back to someplace in childhood that, you know, your parents or your grandparents or somebody has told you um, that it's a complete lie. And then you just bring God into the situation, and he tells you the truth on that. And then, you know, it, you, it's all about feelings. And for me, I buried my feelings so far deep that... I, I'm still try, I'm still finding new ones <laughs> now that I've allowed myself to feel. So for me, taking that time was just, you know, surrounding myself with women that I knew that I could be safe with. Um, that, like I said, that was different weekends. And I also just really, I, at that time, I, um, I had to move back in with my parents at that time. And um, I spent a lot of time in my room and I was just, you know, re- reading and researching and just journaling. Uh, I did a lot of journaling. I still do. Um, and just really poured all my thoughts, my feelings, my heart into these journals and just letting go of everything that had transpired in the 10 years leading up to that. So yeah, that's. Love- yeah, that's beautiful. And what so fellowship time with changing your circle and you found people who were supportive and that listening key is so important. You mentioned that just just that ear that says that you are important enough to be listened to that validates the validates us in our soul. And there are so many people you mentioned this as well that are so out of touch with their feelings. Right? They don't know. They buried those feelings a long time ago because so many of them were painful, painful. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you got you were getting in touch with your feelings. And I'd like to talk about that in just a second. But triggers are are lie based. What do you mean mm-hmm. by that? That's great. So, OK, for instance, for somebody who has low self-esteem, the lie that you're thinking is that you're no good. No one's ever going to love you. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like a failure. These are all feelings that I felt. So it could be different for everybody else. Uh, I felt that, uh, you know, no one would, lo- would love me. Or I, growing up, I also realized that I had to perform. I thought I had to perform in order to be loved. So in my household, um, my dad was huge on work ethic, like huge. If we missed it, we couldn't miss a day of school unless we were on our deathbed or work when we were growing up. And he, he didn't even realize that he was doing this. It was mostly, it was, everyone felt it, but he didn't even realize that we brought it up, like, when as we've been older. And he's like, I didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, Dad, you did. You know, so but I felt like I had it to work and perform in order for him to accept me or to be loved. So, which wasn't true, but that is, you know, what we were made to feel. Um and, you know, the fact that I thought that no one would love me, well, that wasn't true, but that's what I was thinking at the time. So that would, you know, just triggered back down from the bullying, um, yeah. you know, when I was in public school, because kids are cruel, <laughs> you know, very cruel. And it's, it's funny because I have a nine-year-old stepson and, you know, he'll come home sometimes and he'll be crying. Oh, so-and-so was mean to me and they said this on the playground and I'm like, you know, I'm the type that I'm like, which kid is it? Let's go on playground. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to a certain extent, like his dad has taught him, you know, 
buddy, just people are cruel, just let it go. But, you know, then there's the times like this kid is repeated and I'm like, okay, let's just go out there. Which one is he? (laughs) And we have to be, you know, his mom. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, I was that I was to call the mom and try to get the kids together and have have the moms be the ally. And I, you know, I always used to tell my kids to hurt people, hurt people. So there's generally something um, going on behind the scenes. I heard something interesting on my commute to work this morning that said, uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of the speaker's name. But anyway, she said when someone does something to hurt you um, and, you know, when, and as a person who I was also bullied when I was in school and um so I can remember being tormented, you know, for, for a long time, those words and the, the acts would stick with me in my mind. I keep, you know, ruminating over them. And so, and thinking, trying to, you know, get better outcomes where I'd be the you know, the upper dog, underdog all mm-hmm. the time. But this particular person that I heard this morning said that when someone does something that you find offensive, they hurt you in some way um, to write their name down. And you, of course you can always remember what they did, but for 30 days, you pray for their happiness. And I thought, well, I wish I would have known that when I was in grammar school or middle school or even high school. I wish I would have had that tactic. And I, you know, and I know it's, you know, it's a very hard thing to do. But you sound like a great um, stepmom. That that's something you could partner with to say, hey, let's do this and and see, um, you know, where that takes you because it's it really is challenging. And we do know that hurt people hurt people, but that bullying has a lasting impact on people's lives. That is real. It's a real thing. Oh, so, it does, and especially if you if you especially if you don't do anything about it, like if you don't get any help or even talk to somebody about it, it just festers. Right. Yeah. It's not one of those things, you know. Um, people used to say, "Well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me." And I thought, "Well, words do permanent damage." <laughs> if we don't. If we don't get in there, like you said, and talk to someone and, and, and read books like the ones that you're writing that are really geared to help us get in there and do that inner work. Because the truth of the matter is, whether it's bullying or something else, none of us gets out of this journey called life without being hurt by somebody or something, right? And right. that thing, yeah. whatever it is, has the potential to really do a number on our self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves. So another question I have is that low self-esteem and, and anxiety are qualities that can ruin the best of relationships. How have you noticed your relationship improved once you were able to overcome your challenges with low self-esteem and anxieties? I totally, it has been a game changer. Um, I, that's not to say that I still don't struggle occasionally with that because I, uh, somebody who has gone through, you know, uh, being in an abusive relationship for so long and, you know, I, I, I know, I know what to do to get myself back. But um, there are there are definitely definitely a huge improvement. Like I know that if I go to my husband and say, "Hey, you know, this is what happened when you said this. This is how I feel," and he'll well, like that's not what I meant at all. And I'm like, okay, so you know, we talk it about talk about it. Communication is key, and the relationships that I had, I would just like shut right down. I wouldn't bother talking. Um, so therefore nothing was resolved because I didn't talk. I figured what was the point, you know, he was just going to think and do whatever he said. But with my current relationships, I definitely see a huge improvement because, you know, I, if, and we all have bad days. So, you know, somebody can say something to you and I just let it for the most part, just bounce right off. I'm like, Oh, well, they're just having a bad day. You know, I don't internalize um, what people are 
if something's saying negative to me, I don't internalize it. Where before everything was like, oh my God, you know, they said this and they said this and this is true. No, you know, that's not the case. And, and I've definitely learned with my husband, you know, communication. Sometimes that's hard right at the beginning, but then, you know, I'll think about it for a couple of days and I'll go back and I'll say, okay, remember when you said this or you did this and you wanted to talk about it? Well, this is, this is what had happened. And I know, like, I used to have a very bad, very bad temper. So meaning that if somebody, like, somebody would say something, I would just fly off the handle without even thinking about it. And now I I just process it before I say anything because I don't want to have, like, like you said, hurt people hurt people. So I would just lash back out at that person that was yelling at me, which is two wrongs don't make right. So, you know, taking the time to step back and to reflect on it first before you have that conversation with that person. Yeah, I love that. That's that self-awareness, right? Which is so hard to do when we're in the middle of pain, experiencing pain, because you're right. Someone does something that offends you and automatically, you mentioned the word triggers earlier, automatically that wrong triggers these deep-seated wrongs that have been done. And there is the ego stands to attention and it's ready to protect you. And you become this person that is, um, you say, well, you're overreacting. And you think, no, I'm just, I'm protecting myself, even though it's subconscious. We're not even aware that you're doing it. It's just there, you know, and, and I I love how you talked about shutting down because it made me think when you said that a uh, John Gray many years ago wrote the book, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I probably uh, inverted the top, the, the title there, but, and he mentioned about men going into their cave and not communicating, but I, I just like you used to, when something really bothered me, I would shut down all communication because that was that body part that I wasn't really, you know, having been had traumas in my childhood was to be safe and to give me time to um, think about what my exit plan was or a safety strategy, even though you you do all these subconsciously, I don't even think you know you're doing it. It's like, you don't mean not to talk. I just can't talk at the same time where I plan my safety, my, my safety strategy here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, if you've ever been in an abusive relationship and you've had somebody that's constantly belittled you or put you down, you don't feel like talking because what's the point? They've already made up their mind about you. And, you know, sometimes we stay in the relationships longer than we should. So it, it, it takes toll after so, so many times of hearing that. So when you're in a, in a relationship that is healthy, it, sometimes it's hard for you to accept that, hey, you know, this isn't my ex or this isn't the person that had hurt me. Um, so oh, we're gonna don't come paint back him right with the same brush. I hear the music. We're going to come back right after this break and uh, more on this topic. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. 
Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We are continuing with our special guest, uh, Dorothy Graham Odell, and we are discussing overcoming the effects of uh, trauma in our life. Really, I think that's really the, the best way to say it. These are traumas in our life that may have led to us having some low self-esteem issues, some anxiety issues, just really not a life that uh, that is below the happiness gradient where we want to be, right? I love that. You deserve to have a total full life, meaning that one, you feel all of your emotions, right? You feel all of your emotions. And Dorothy, you said something in the first half of our show about um, not being able to feel your emotions. What was that like? What was that experience? Like not being able to feel your emotions. I'm not sure everybody can relate to that or knows that they can't do it. Right. Well, for me, it was just like completing, completely shutting down inside. It was like the world was going on around me. Um, but inside, I didn't like my, it felt like my heart was empty. It felt like I had just given and given and given. And it had been beaten so that da- been beaten down so badly that I didn't allow too many people in. Uh, so you had to be my immediate family in order for me to really, um, you know, let you into any deep conversation that I was going to have, um, because I had trusted so many people and so many people had just like stomped all over it. Um, so yeah, it was more a feeling of being like, just shut off, like closed off. Um, and you know, I was still, uh, you know, nice to people and things like that, but so, okay, so somebody had once said, do you not feel God in your heart? And I'm like, what does that feel like? And they were describing the feelings, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because to me, it doesn't, mm-hmm. didn't feel like anything. It was head knowledge, not heart knowledge. So I knew God loved me, but I didn't understand it, and I didn't understand the, the sacrifices. And now I understand it. <laughs> now it's just like, uh, although, to be honest, there are still times that I'm like, I'll allow myself to feel only so much. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough feeling, and let's move on to the solution. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so to me, because I'm solution-oriented and, uh, you know, just driven to, to get past that. So for me, I really, um, I'm actually working with somebody right now to help get that. So I was talking to her on Saturday, and she's just like, and I started crying. She goes, no, feel the emotion. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> she goes, just feel it. So I, I did. I sat there and I cried in front of her for 20 minutes. But, you know, I released the tension that I had inside of me. And I needed that because the strongest people in the world that I know, um, you know, put that front up. And they and my friend Jen had said to me, you know, you have to, you're there for everybody, but you have to allow somebody to come into your life to speak to your, you know, to be able to speak life back into you. You can't just be the one pouring out all the time. And that's twice on Sunday. I had a friend of mine has a live show that they do on uh, LinkedIn live. And their message was uh, basically the same thing. You know, uh, people, it's a, it's a blessing for other people to help you because I have a real hard time accepting help because I feel like it's sometimes it can be a burden, right? And I don't want to ever feel that way. Although I will help everybody in the earth and it doesn't really matter, but to accept it, sometimes it's hard to accept. And I was like, man, I was slapped in the face with this two times in a row. 
<laughs> two days in a row. I'm like, there we go. There's your sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? And I love this head knowledge, not heart knowledge. And I think that is um, that probably is a phrase that's key to people who are solution oriented. It is this thing of, you know, if we can just keep focused on the solution, then I can make it better without having to be burdened with what I feel. Right. Yeah. And to me, we do ourselves such a disservice when we don't feel to because our emotions are there like they're like a guidepost. Right. Mm -hmm. It's those emotions that say, oh, yeah, I want more of this or no, not so much of that next time. Maybe we'll, you know, it's how we learn. Like I, I feel this when I'm in this environment. So I know that that environment is not the healthiest environment for us. But if we cut ourselves off, as you mentioned, from our emotions, then we don't, we cut off a part of our, uh, our arm chest tools, right? That those tools that are there to help us and to guide us and help us navigate our, to a happy life and a fulfilling life. So I, I think right. that's so important. And, you know, and, this idea of not being able to feel your feelings and then going into the space where you can feel your feelings. I think sometimes we're all, we always think, oh, well, you know, the feelings that we're looking for are the sadness feelings. But when you cut off feelings and you can tell me right along, I think when you cut off, when you, when you put that barrier up as we, as many people do to protect themselves and they cut mm-hmm. off feelings and they, and they're numb, they also miss out on a lot of those joyous things too. Everything becomes okay. a means to an end. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah. You cut the blessings off too. So it, it's yeah. not, really not a great situation to put yourself so, in. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something funny that I did to to get t- in touch with my feelings. But I want to hear you know what what are some of the things that you've done to help you get in touch with your feelings? Like how did you have what, what did you have like a strategy that helped you do that? Well, for for me, there's three different things that I've done uh, over the course of the last 10 years. And um, the first one is I have a a morning routine that is non-negotiable. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I meditate for 15 minutes. I write down five um, things that I'm grateful for, 10 affirmations. So an affirmation is like an I am statement. And then if I have time, I will sit there and journal um, anything that came up in my meditation time, you know, what God was telling me about. And then I move my body for 30 minutes or at least try to move my my body for 30 minutes, whether that's dancing, whether that's, uh, you know, it depends with COVID. My schedule has changed a hundred times in the last year. Uh, so, and that's really not a lie. And it's about ready to change again. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, so, you know, make that time, or if I don't have time exactly right then on my lunch hour, uh, when I'm at work, I'll go for a 30 minute walk, um, and, and things like that. The next thing I, I have done is definitely, it goes back to my triggers and finding out, because even to this day, like I've done this for 10 years, but I have trained myself why, if I get into one of those grumpy moods of why am I grumpy? You know, what is the cause of that grumpiness? Or, you know, if anxiety, um, once in a while that will come up, not too often. I've learned to, you know, navigate my way through that. But, um, and again, it's the trigger is mostly what fear am I thinking, what fear am I feeling? And, you know, it's again, lie based. So what lie am I, what lie am I thinking at that moment? And, you know, I'll walk myself through the process, bringing myself back to, you know, when I originally heard it. And I have trained myself to do this, like right on the spot. 
you know, because I don't, I don't want that negativity to stay there. And the longer that it stays there, the longer that you're unhappy. So I want to hurry up and turn those feelings around as quickly as possible. So I will take the time and walk myself through the procedure, find out what that lie is, find out what the truth is and go, aha, right, bring that truth into that lie. And the next thing I've incorporated, which this has just happened, um, I got engaged November of 2018. My dad got diagnosed for the first time with cancer in April of 2019. So we, um, the Windsor Cancer Clinic here in Windsor, Ontario is phenomenal. And um, again, if anybody, any of the family members wanting it, want a social worker, you're definitely, you know, allowed to, to use those services. So I was speaking to my social worker and she said, you know, what is, what is your self-care routine like? I'm like, what do you mean? I have a full-time job. I'm planning a wedding and my dad just got cancer. There's no, no way there's some time left over for self-care. She goes, well, you need to find a time because if you don't, you're just going to burn out and you'll be no good to anybody. So I wrote down a list of 20 things that I like to do. And I started doing those things, whether, you know, there's, 24 hours in a day. So you got to find at least 15 minutes to do something on your list that you like to do. Uh, so for me, I love to read books just as much as I like to write them. Uh, so either that, I tried the bath thing, but that's not my jam. Um, a lot of people like, and massages are my jam. So that's something I like to do for self-care or uh, you know, going for walks. I love being outside. So going for, you know, however long I have, I'll just go for a walk. Um, so I just encourage people to find out what they really like to do and start doing it. Because I've, I find even with COVID, we have forgotten what it is that we like to do. And we have forgotten who we really are and, you know, forgotten that, okay, we're all in this together. So let's just find something that we like to do and start doing it. Oh, I love that. And I wanted to say this really quickly. And we have a caller on the line. I'm going to pick that up in just a moment. I love everything that you just said about exploring yourself, you know, this self-awareness, finding out what, where the lie is, what is causing this, what is what is the story that you are telling yourself? And you're right. It's rooted in a lie. And then um, telling yourself the truth about that story. And this idea of self-care and writing down 20 things that you like to do. And I can tell you, I work with people and I had a conversation with someone very recently and they said, you know, I don't really know anything I like to do. And for those people, I encourage you write down 20 things you'd like to try. You don't need to be perfect or good at any of them. You know, I love the fact you say you tried the bath thing that wasn't your jam. I could probably yep. live in the bath. I, I tell you, 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> where's Draymond in the bath? <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, write down 20 things that you'd like to try and then try them and then just and then you do your own research on you. How, how phenomenal is that? You do research on you and you can just check off the list of nope, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And eventually you're going to end up through that research, discovering some things that were not on your list that, hey, you mm -hmm. like that. So that's so important to our self-care. If I may, I want to just get this caller sure. on the line for us. Sure. Hello. Welcome to the Everyday Peace Show. And our fabulous guest today is Dorothy Graham Odell. Did you have a question or comment? Yes, um, as both. So you all were talking about feelings and not um, sort of sublimating your feelings. 
But I, I had an observation. Could it be that maybe sometimes people do that because for most of their life, they, uh, I guess their actions have been based on feelings and not because your guest talks about how she, um, one of my favorite words is pragmatic, and she seems to be a very pragmatic person. And so she was learning how to, to, to utilize her feelings. But then some people are on the opposite end of that, and they act basically on feelings, which is related clearly to emotions. And so could it be that um, people have found that the more I act on my feelings, the more I seem to go wrong. So then they decided to go in the other direction and say, you know what, I'm going to not uh, base my actions on feelings because they haven't been a good barometer to me. So if that's the case, um, how do people learn to have a balance with that? And I guess that's my question. Oh, I love that question. That is a good question. (laughs) And for me, I would say um, it's personal. Like it's a personal choice. Um, So I I agree with you. Some people tend to be overly emotional and overfeeling, and some people shut right down. So I guess – what I would say is try what, try different things and, and uh, see what works for you because you don't want to be numb, but you don't want to be, well, I guess a joyful, happy person too wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> I just don't know what that would feel like. So, right. You know, like 24 right. seven, I, I have joy in my life. Right. And I, I'm happy, but I, I don't know what it'd be like to walk a, a in a cloud of bubble every day, um, right? Because right, I am pra- right. because I am pragmatic. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's great right. when you say sometimes our feelings too can lead us. Uh, if we so you know, and tell me what you guys think about this. But for me, I think our like a, the our barometer, right? So there's they're meant to be watched times, right? So you don't have to on every feeling that you have. Could you imagine if we did that? <laughs> we don't have to act on every feeling. So you mentioned about sometimes people saying, well, I get myself in trouble because maybe I'm acting in this way because I'm feeling this way. But I think it is, you know, adulting maybe 101. That we're watching that feeling. We say, oh, yeah, I'm acknowledging mm-hmm. it. I see that's Yeah, yep, that's what I'm feeling right now. But it doesn't, we just watch and soon on the heels of that feeling, another feeling will come in if that feeling didn't produce the type of um action that you think is appropriate, but you're always aware of it to say, you know, I feel this way in this situation. So I know that there's that feeling is trying to tell me something. It's not meant for me just to to act out or, you know, zap out or anything like that, but it is trying to tell me something about the environment or the circumstance or the people that I'm with. And so just acknowledging Mm -hmm. it and being aware that it exists and that there's a message and there's a learning in there for you. Hmm. That's good. That's good. And did you have a question and a comment, or was that? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to follow up with – I didn't, but when you said what you said, when I was talking about feelings, and I wasn't necessarily talking about um, people acting in non-adult behavior, but what if you have feelings about yourself based on what people say, that you, so you feel inferior or you feel like you're worthless or you feel this or that? That can lead to actions that may not be most beneficial to you. So I was also talking about that as well, not just talking about people just go crazy emotional because they're angry about this or angry about that. You know, I think most adults figure out how to work through that. But what about those deeper feelings that you how you feel about yourself? And then that 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 could dictate how you behave. And so um like how do you because if you have those feelings about yourself, I mean that's really how you and it could be based on what other people have said, but you've processed it. 
So now you've got to figure out a way to, to, to eliminate that. But in the meantime, while you're working on that, if you're working on it, how do you balance that? That's, that's, I guess I was looking at that as well. That is awesome. And I can tell you one thing. I lived my entire 40, first 40 years pleasing everybody else. And what everybody, you know, I, I had this boss when I worked at Pizza Hut that said, oh, my God, I hate the sound of your voice. And I was crushed. Mm. And I was just like, and back then I was in my teens. So, you know, she could have chosen to speak life over me or death. And she chose to speak death for whatever reason. And um, I really had to take a step back. And I had to to, um, really say to myself, well, this person does, um, you know, doesn't really know me. This person, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doesn't pay my bills. And the third, like... um, I think that if somebody has spoken out and said something negative to you, they either really don't know you or they're like, we go back to the hurt versus hurt people, hurt, hurt people. And I really think, um, you know, you have to discern, like if somebody says something bad to you, you know, that's a lie. Right. Um, Unless, unless, you know, it's somebody that is really a bad person, but there's not too many of them out there and, God redeems everybody. So, um, you know, if if somebody had gone through a patch where, you know, they weren't really a nice person, they killed somebody or hurt somebody in a, in a negative way, then, you know, there's always redemption. But I always had to go back to, you know, um, knowing my true self. And, you know, to me, what they said was, is that, was that the truth? And knowing that it wasn't the truth, I then had to disassociate myself from that, um, meaning that I just, I didn't put any stock into it. So, and somebody I know had also said, um, don't let people rent space in your head for free. Um, mm-hmm. So, and sometimes it's harder, it's easier said than done, and I totally get it, because like I said, I spent the first 40 years of my life just, you know, um, believing what everybody said, and that obviously didn't get me anywhere. So uh, I just encourage people to, you know, see what people say. Do you, does it line up with your true values, your your core beliefs about yourself and who you really are? And if it doesn't, then just throw it in the trash. Thank I you. Thank you very much. Thank well, you. Thank great, great, thank you. great show. Great guest. Oh, wonderful, thank wonderful. She is wonderful. And thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Enjoy your day. Keep listening. You're welcome. <laughs> So yeah, I love I love the questions and I, um, you're right. Don't let someone rent space in your head. That's so interesting. I had someone once tell me that too that they hated the sound of my voice and now I can tell you I I get at least ten emails a day and that's no exaggeration. People tell me just the opposite. Like oh my gosh, your voice is so soothing. And so we and I, this is for every listener out there. Uh, please do not let someone else's opinion of you change uh, your your goals and your desires in life. Uh, that's just one person. And I don't care if it's 20 people. Don't let it derail you from the plans and that you have for you. And, the you know, so that's so important because that's that's their opinion. It should not have that much impact on you. Don't let them rent permanent space in your head. I love that. I absolutely love that. You said so much 
um, that I that I want to get, get back to. Um, and I want to go back to the self-care because I know from coaching many, many people that self-care is something that people say they don't have time for. And you mentioned that, that you told the social worker, what self-care? I don't have time for that. You know, I'm working full time. I'm planning a wedding. My dad is not doing well. So anytime that you did have, you were there. But mm-hmm. I would say that, and you, and you can chime in on this. To me, self-care is like, um, deciding is that like your body, the vehicle that you live in, this body is like a car. And that's like saying that your gas tank is on a quarter of a tank and you don't have time to stop for gas, but you intend to make a hundred mile trip. Yep. And so, that's right? Exactly it. <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter that it's going to stop. It may be near a gas station or near a gas station, but that is going to eventually stop. You're not making a hundred mile trip with a quarter tank of gas, most likely. And that's the same thing with our bodies is that we can push them and they make it look as though they're still going, but there are parts of that parts of this machine called the body and the mind that we need to be functioning and their functionality starts to diminish as we deny it self care. That's how important self care is. It's a huge thing. And it's, it's not a play thing like, Oh, I don't have time to play. I don't have time to rest. And I know that pragmatic people, um, and, and are really goal oriented people. You mentioned that about yourself is that you have a goal, a task in front of you and that task, you know, so just remembering that you are worth that love for our listeners too. And I'm so glad that you found your way through and are continue. It is, it is a process, right? It is a journey getting there. It's not a finished road. So another it, it's big totally word. a journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, just, it's right. It's, it's just, Huge journey. So, you know, um, let's talk a little bit. We've been talking about, you know, your theories and what you've done with yourself. Let's talk a lot of, a little bit more about your book and um, give give the audience the title again, where they can find it. Let's do that information because I really want people to get this book to get on their road to self-care and self-discovery. Sure. Uh, again, the name of the title is The Overcomer, Facing Challenges with Faith and Courage. And it can be fa- found on Amazon. Um, so, um, I, I definitely, like I said, I encourage, I encourage it for anybody who has, um, felt like they're alone for anybody who has felt that they were unworthy for anybody who has felt that, um, you know, that there's been one family thing after another, um, for, for anybody out there that has, or anybody that wants to help somebody that they know that has gone through these situations um definitely the book is for them um you know it's i wrote this book to help people and it's funny because the amount of people that i have met while trying to promote this book and and getting my name out there because no one knows who dorothy graham odell is of windsor ontario nobody (laughs) people are are starting to know who she is though but um (laughs) by writing this book uh you know it's to help those people because i i find there were some lonely times in my life and I felt like there was nobody to reach out to. And uh, I just want people to know that, you know, you don't have to be in this life to and, and live it alone, that there are people out there that are willing to help you. Uh, so, again, that's why I wrote the book, um, so that it would be an inspiration to others and to help those people that have gone through, you know, low self-esteem, um, somebody who's lost their family by suicide or, you know, have parents that have been chronically ill or somebody that has been mentally and uh, verbally abused. And, you know, some people say that that's even worse than um, being physically abused. And there were times I actually said to a friend, I wish he would just smack me because then I'd have enough gumption to just 
plow them and leave. But, you know, they have this, um, they have this, uh, philosophy they they make it look like it's your fault so that you're always in a constant tailspin and on a hamster wheel that oh maybe it is my fault maybe maybe it isn't him and in the book I you know I go over what it was the situations that I faced and so people can identify and say hey you know that's where I am right now and that isn't okay you know it isn't okay to stay in a relationship that you know that you should run from so, uh, again, the name is The Overcomer, Facing Challenges with Faith and Courage, and you can definitely get your copy on Amazon today. Oh, Dorothy, thank you so much. You have been a blessing to the show. Um, you embody, uh, you know, what are you waiting for? Absolutely nothing. You took the bull by you get yourself to a position of safety physically, mentally, and emotionally, and the journey continues. And and I think that's for all of us. That's really that's really what this is all about: getting ourselves to a situation where we are safe to grow and discover more of ourselves, so our journey can can continue. And for our listeners, our journey does definitely continue as well. This show, plus every other show, is so important to you to get out to your friends and your family. And you can subscribe to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Podcast on Apple, Spotify. Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, or you can direct your friends and family to listen to the show on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website, because our goal this year, you guys, is to really open ourselves up. We are not waiting for any savior on the outside of us to come in and magically fix our world. We are powerful to do that. We have the guest. Um, we have a fabulous guest today, and we have fabulous guests yes, last week and more to come who spark something in us. And I know that they do because she sparked something in me today to remind us that, hey, I am important. I am gifted with so many talents, right? I could do whatever it is that you, that you're purposing your heart to do, knowing that there is a community that supports your growth, your development towards your best life, your next level of greatness. Remember, you are worthy of a life of abundant health, wealth, and relationships. And you can have that. You absolutely can have that. So getting to that place of happiness is there for you. My name is Dr. Drayvon James. You're listening to the Everyday Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James. Know that I absolutely love you and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.